Amen. You may be seated for just a second. I feel like the Lord gave me a verse for you. I know every one of you have read this chapter, but would you just receive this from the Lord today? It's Psalms 103. He just sort of began to minister that to me when I was on the front row. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and don't you dare forget His benefits. Then He starts into the benefits of God. He forgives all your iniquities, heals all your diseases, He redeems your life from destruction. Hallelujah. You know what that means? It means He's pulled you out of the pit of despair and set your feet on the rock. Amen. Hallelujah. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will He keep His anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. Hallelujah. Man, is that not a great statement nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy towards those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. Here's what I wanted to say today. God is not mad at you. God does not deal with you according to your sins. God loves you when you were a sinner. And He came to pull you out of the pit, not to put you into the pit. Right? God is your helper, your defender. He's your strong advocate. He's not against you. He's for you. Amen? You know know the world needs to hear that? They just need to hear that God's not mad at them. says He's merciful and gracious. You know, the eagle goes through a a stage where they look like they're just about dead. (laughs) I mean, they lose all their feathers. They they take their their beak off. They they knock it off against the rocks. And they said, if you see them right then, they look awful. But they um, look like they're about to die. But then all of a sudden, new feathers start growing out. A new beak grows out. And they begin to have... The Bible says their youth renewed. I, I, I don't, I'm 61. I could use a little taste of that. How about you? <laughs> I could use a little renewal of youth, right? Amen. Um, it's not my word, it's His word. I think maybe if we just quit talking about being old, maybe we let the Lord do something new in us. We quit talking about falling apart, maybe God would, would, would give us some youth, right? I just wanted to let you know, God loves you. God's not mad at you. He's not holding your past against you. You may be, and somebody else may be, but it's not God. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. Can we just sort of raise our hands and tell the Lord we receive that today? Father, we receive Your Word today. Have Your way in our hearts, God. Lord, only You know what You want to do in each one of us. And I pray, Lord, there would be no hindering spirit allowed in this place today. We just pray and bind that in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, there's a freedom into the hearts of people today, Lord. That there's hungry hearts here today saying, Lord, fill me 
with the Word of God. I need Your Word. I need Your touch on my life. And I am believing that today is going to be a service that turns my life around. Father, I thank You and I receive that Word in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to come to you today out of the book of Romans chapter 15. I'm going to read out of the ESV today. I haven't really looked around to see who's here today. Um, I don't see Christy Souter. Christy's not here. Today is uh, would, was going to be Christy Souter's last Sunday with us. Um, she is moving to um, Bowling Green to be with her daughter. And so I just want to, um, if you get a chance to send her a text or call her this week, um, she's moving this week, I believe. And so just express, Christy started with us um, when we were a satellite church about 08 or 09, somewhere through there. And so, man, I, I love her immensely. She's just a precious lady and very, just an intelligent lady. Um, I wanted to let you know that the Saturday morning walking group um, met at Eiffel Tower this week. And they was, uh, had several people join them. That's going to be ongoing. So if you'd like to get a little exercise and the word, um, come meet with Tina and, and some of them have a walk. Danny has started a new book um New teaching this week in his Sunday school class called The Bait of Satan. It's what takes a lot of Christians out. And so he's going to identify that and talk to you about that. And so I would encourage you um, to, I'd encourage you to get in a Sunday school class, whichever one you choose. Uh, they're all good. Uh, if you have graduated from high school and you're a young adult, you can come and join me um, in our Sunday school. We are having, I think we're having a blast. I, I cry every time we get together. <laughs> And so it's just wonderful. Um, on the 26th, we're having the family fun night. And so you need to mark that on your calendar. I know a lot of people see that and think, oh, I'm not going to that. Well, you need to come to that. Our church has grown a lot. And so we have lots of new faces and we want to get to know you and um, want, to, um, want to form relationships in the church. So that's what that's all about. This Saturday is the men's breakfast at 8 o'clock. That's always a good time. And Mondays at 5.30 is our grief support group. And so that will be um, extra beneficial for you if you went through uh, a difficult time saying goodbye to somebody. Um, and there's different kinds of grief. So uh, I would encourage you to attend this. Okay, um, Romans chapter 15. Uh, let's start. I don't know where we want to start. Let's start with verse 18. I'm going to read to the end of the chapter, so I'll read for just a bit. He says, and I'm going to read out of the ESV, which is just a little bit different than you, uh, than what you may have. He says, for I'll not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way to Elycrium, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on somebody else's foundation, but as is it written, those who have never been told of Him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. This is the reason why I have done, have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you once I've enjoyed your company for a while. At present, however, I'm going to Jerusalem bringing aid to the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have, have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. For they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to themselves. I think that's an interesting statement right there. For the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings they ought also to be of service of them, to them, and material blessings. When therefore I have completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain, 
by way of you. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. I appeal to you, brothers, by the Lord Jesus Christ, by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable or, yeah, acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you today, a, service, a sermon I started a couple weeks ago, Seven Habits of Faithful Stewards. Before we do that, though, we need to pray. Hallelujah. Boy, I'm sensing the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Jesus, we just humble ourselves before you. Hallelujah. Have your perfect way in this service. God, touch hearts today. Lord, I don't know what these folks have gone through this week. And I don't know what they're facing in the next season of their life. But you do. Father, you said you hem us in. You know our past and our future, and you are with us right now in the present. Lord, I need you so bad. You're my refuge and my strength, a present help in the time of trouble. And David said that like the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants after you. God, I'm so hungry for a move of God. Lord, I want that refreshing in the Spirit of God today like no one else lord i just want to see your spirit move upon this congregation and myself included i want to see people rejoice and be filled up to overflowing with your presence lord the uh, the shikana glory of god lord i pray lord be in the house lord be in the house and touch your people Lord, we are a, a needy people, God. We have so many problems, Lord, and we know that you're the problem solver. God, help us today, Lord, as we leave this place to leave full of the Spirit of God. Leave in your presence. Leave full of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. I pray today that the Spirit of the Lord and the Word would come together Lord, and do a remarkable work in our hearts, God. Bring your spirit, bring your word, and touch us. God, we're asking you, Lord, to renew our minds, to transform our lives today, so that we think differently, Lord. Lord, we may have come in this building defeated, but I refuse to leave defeated, Father. I pray, Lord, not one person will leave depressed. Not one person will leave defeated. Not one person will leave, Lord, feeling like they can't make it. But each one will know that greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world. We will leave knowing that You have called us to conquer and not be conquered. Lord, that we're on the top and not the bottom, God. Lord, that any weapon that the devil can throw at us. Lord, that You will defeat that, Father. That's the heritage of the Lord. Father, I thank You for the power of the Holy Ghost today. Moving in this place. Touch our lives, God. We lay our hearts on the altar of the Lord. Lord, we may not even know how badly we need a touch of God. But Lord, we need You. Touch us. Do a mighty work in us. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I am so hot. I'm just like, I'm going to need a cold rag in a little bit. And you guys are probably comfortable, but I'm burning up. So I, I, I started this a, a few weeks ago talking about seven. And most of you know that I, I come out of the business world reading a lot of business books and you guys probably have heard that seven habits of effective people um, seven effective habits of, of, of people and so that's sort of where I got the title but I, I titled this seven habits of faithful stewards and you may not even understand what a steward is 
but a steward is someone who manages manages someone else's property. In other words, God has invested in you. And not one of you have been left out. God has given you something so unique that it's yours and yours alone. And God has gone away. Jesus is in the heavens today. He interceding for us, praying for us. And according to this parable that he taught us, there will come a day when he will come and he'll say, what did you do with the talent that I gave you? And so you will give an account of what God has done for you. So let me just identify this first. If you are one of those people that says that God didn't give me anything, God left me out when it comes to talent, you're listening to the wrong voice. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Why? Because it goes contrary to the Word. The Word says that He has blessed us, so you need to shut that voice down. You know, when when the devil's lips are moving, he's lying. And the trouble with that is, is he says something and we start believing it. And it's a lie from the pit of hell. So God has invested in you something powerful. Now He wants you to multiply it. Whatever that is, multiply it. So that's what this sermon's about. How do we do that? So the number one thing is, everything that God has given to you, even as a natural talent, has to be sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Sanctified's a good old um, Christian term, right? But all it means is set apart. So you may sing well, you may play the guitar well, you can do that anywhere, but when the Holy Spirit sanctifies it, He sets it apart so that He can set and rest His glory on it. See, does that make sense to you? Did I just talk Christianese and it was like, whoo! <laughs> glory is the presence of God. So whatever God has gifted you to do, to be, then when the Holy Spirit sets upon that, it becomes a holy thing. So things just as normal as watching children, all of a sudden becomes holy when God gets on it. And so then God begins to speak through you and use you. And the, the normal things... Michael's works for UPS, delivering packages every day. We talk a lot of times when he's delivering packages. And he'll, he'll give a package and he'll say, God bless you, right? Have a wonderful day. Now, he just, that's just who Michael is. He's just a friendly type of guy. But when that gift that he has gets sanctified, set apart for the Holy Spirit, and God comes down on it, he says, God bless you. And she says, thank you. And all of a sudden he says, are you okay? What is that? He's peering. Because something made him peer. (laughs) Something says, I had to go a little deeper. Have you had a really rough day today? Yeah. You have no idea. Well, I don't. You're right. But the Holy Spirit does. And I think God has identified that to me so that I can pray for you. So God can help you. Are you getting it? That's not the preacher's job. That's your job. You're a steward. Use what God has given you. Let His glory, let His anointing take a natural gift and make it supernatural. So that we can minister to people. So that this world can see God's not against them. God's for them. Amen? Every one of us is called to be stewards. And He says at the end of the time... He says it's required in stewards that we be found faithful. What's that mean? Faithful, faithfully using your gift. The second thing is stewards glory in the work that Christ is doing in you. They recognize it's not me. It's thee, right? I think when I first read this, I started got confused. I felt like Paul was taking a few bows that he ought not be taken. And then I read a little longer. And he recognized that it wasn't, it wasn't him, that he says, it was Christ in me, working in signs and wonders. Well, man can't do signs and wonders, but God can. 
right? So he was recognizing, and I said a couple weeks ago, um, false humility is getting all, oh no, no, it's not me, oh no, not that junk off, would you? That's just, that's just gross. <laughs> just accept a compliment, right? Well, thank you very much. Praise God. I prayed a lot about that. The Lord is working. I'm telling you, when you see yourself as Christ in you, it's not about you anyway. It's about Jesus in you. Let Him shine. And so you just receive that. Now, you need to be careful that you're not thinking, Oh, I really am something. I'm just something else, ain't I? Yeah, you are something else. <laughs> you know, don't let pride get in your heart. Because the Bible, one of the most wicked sins there is, is a, is a, is a sin that the church permits. And that's called pride. It's the original sin. So we need to make sure that, that, you know, Satan can't get you in sin. He'll get you in pride. So that you're prideful that you're not a sinner. (laughs) Remember the Pharisee? Thank God I'm not like one of them. No, you're worse. (laughs) Right? So, but, but you just pass the glory on. Well, thank you very much. God has been good to us. Right? God has blessed us. Treve is an amazing worship leader. She really is. You can go a long place and not see any better than that. But it's Christ in her. It's the Holy Spirit. It's um without the Holy Spirit, we're just flat. We're just right? It takes the Holy Spirit to come on people. Um, Uzziah in chapter 26 of Second Chronicles, the Bible says Uzziah was a master king. It, the Bible talks about all the things he created, all this um, machinery and weaponry and stuff for the children of Israel. And it's, in verse 5 it says this, As long as he sought the Lord, he prospered. But when he quit, this is Kelleher version, when he quit seeking God, he started taking credit for himself, he died a leper. He died with leprosy because he took the glory of God for himself. You don't want to do that, but just pass the glory on. Stewards surrender to God's will. Sometimes it may not be exactly what you want to do, right? It may not be what you perceive to be what you would do with your life. And I promise you this, if you just go with God, it's better than what you planned for yourself. If you'll submit your will to God, it will be better. His plans for you are much better than your plan for you. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracle of God. If you minister, minister means serve, let him do it with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Christ Jesus to whom belongs the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. I enjoyed the part where Paul had a desire to build where no one else had built. Uh, we don't see that a whole lot in churches today. We see churches just trying to reach other Christians. God's not called us to win the other Christians to bridge a hope. God called us to win the loss to Christ. We should always make sure we're fishing in the, in the hole that says unsaved, right? Let's keep, and if the other people want to come, that's wonderful. If they come, it should always be a win-win situation. If God calls you to this church, He calls you to be fed, but He also calls you to do something. Uh, if this is not your fishing hole, then find out where God wants you, because that's where I want you. If you come to this church and God doesn't want you in this church, you're just going to be a problem. <laughs> Bless God. <laughs> Bet you ain't never heard that from a pulpit, have you? <laughs> I, I love people. I mean, I love people. And when I see people, I just want them in our church. But really what I want, I want you to be where God wants you. Because that's where He will use you um, for His for His kingdom. Number four... Stewards, we better expect hindrances. And this pretty much was all talking about the hindrance um, that Paul had faced. He said, I wanted to come to you, but I couldn't because I was hindered. And so sometimes we get this feeling 
that hindrances is of the devil. And that if I'm being hindered, I must not be in doing something right. So I really want to hammer on this just a little bit. Folks, if you're being hindered, you probably are doing something right. There's an interesting verse. I, I can't tell you exactly where it's at. I think it's in Luke 4. Um, it's in other Gospels too. It says this. The Spirit of the Lord led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Did you get, did you get that? The Spirit of the Lord, His Spirit, led Jesus, God, into the devil, or into the wilderness to be tempted. Why? Because God doesn't tempt us, right? He says He tempts no man. To be tempted of the devil. Why? Why was it important that Jesus get tempted by the devil? Because you get tempted by the devil. And he had to show you how to overcome temptation of the devil. So it wasn't the devil that led him there. It was God that led him into the... So we need to quit complaining about all the the hindrances and troubles of our life and start saying, God, what are you trying to teach me? I'll go one better. James says, count it all joy when you go through divers temptations. Now that just, when I read that, I just want to rebuke him. Get out of here. James, don't say something that stupid. How can you count it joy when you're going, has anybody been through a hard time? I mean, not, not just a flat tire. I mean, a, a hard time. Did you count it joy? Hallelujah! <laughs> I get to go through something terrible. No, you'd be an insane asylum today, right? We'd be treating you with something. But that's what, that's what James said. What, what's he trying to tell you? Change your perspective. Change the way we look at difficulty. Because God is in the detail. And he says, because the working that comes through this trial is going to work on your patience. Hallelujah. You have need of patience. We don't want patience, but we have need of patience. In your patience possession your soul. When you've done the will of God, you need patience for the finished work to happen. So what brings about that patience? Hindrances, trials, difficulties. That's what perfects us. If we would see it like God sees us, we're like gold that's still got a lot of dirt around us. We're, we're a precious jewel that needs a little chipping off. Anybody ever had anything chipped off by the Holy Ghost? He, he started chipping off my anger when I was about eight years old. I'm 61 today. He's still chipping. I'm telling you, that anger was deep. He's still working on that. Anybody, is he working on your mouth? Am I looking at perfect people? <laughs> every hand in the place ought to be saying, every day, every day. He that controls his mouth is the same as a perfect man. Right? So the Holy Spirit, one of the major jobs of the Holy Spirit is to change the way you talk. And Jared today in Sunday school, he pulled out something and he said, I noticed that Jesus always talks positive. Woo, that convicted me right there. Absolutely. Even when he was negative, it was for a positive outcome, right? When he said something really harsh to the Pharisees, it was so they would wake up and let God work in their hearts. Well, if God is positive, I ought to be positive. But we're not. We might be to other people, but how do you talk to yourself? Are you talking ugly to yourself? When you look yourself in the mirror, do you say bad things? Or do you say good things? Say, Pastor, that's not very humble to say good things. It's, it's the right. It's the right thing to do. You look at yourself in the mirror. Call yourself what God calls you. He ever said, boy, you're God's son. 
And He is well pleased with you. Most Christians may give grace to others, but they have no grace for themselves. They're hard on themselves. I'm telling you folks, we need to change that inner voice inside of us. And we need to change the outer voice too. How we talk. We'll get into that just in a little bit, I believe. So the next time, these are all the past, so I'm going through them really quick. But the next time that you have a hindrance, a difficulty in your life, I want you to think about, is God trying to teach me? Is God trying to show me something during this season of my life? You know, one time when I was 17 years old, uh, I had a, an aunt who was not saved and just so happened that I had 30 minutes from the time I got out of uh, my last class at Murray State to the time I started working. I worked in retail for several years. And so I had 30 minutes and at that time I had to eat my lunch, change my clothes and get over there. And so, I mean, I was, I was rushed every day, but I walked out and I had a flat tire. And, um, I don't know, but I just, I just begin to worship the Lord. I just, well, thank you, Jesus, for this flat tire. I'm not sure why you want me to have a flat tire today, but thank you, Jesus. I can handle this. I know how to change flat. <laughs> my aunt had a flat tire too. That same day, I didn't know about it, but my mom told me later that night, it tore my aunt up. She wasn't walking with Jesus. She cussed and sweared, and it just, just fussed and fumed. And the rest of the day, she had a bad day because of having a flat tire. I'm going to tell you, if Satan can steal your joy with a flat tire, you're going to have lots of flats. You better learn to count it all joy. To turn. Let's turn, let's turn those difficulties into praise opportunities. Begin to worship and praise the Lord. There's no telling what God is doing in your life. We just didn't know it. So this is starts the new part. For stewards, you're going to rejoice on this one. Giving is not optional, nor burdensome. It's a way of life. Giving is a way of life for a child of God. You know why? Because we recognize, I don't own it. How many people own your house? No, you don't. I just told you, you don't own it. (laughs) It's God's house. Those are God's cars out there. If you got your bank account in your purse or your credit card, that's God's credit card. If you don't surrender it, it's going to beat you up. Right? Now that's the truth, isn't it? Whatever you don't surrender to God will become... A way of that Satan defeats you with. Remember that young guy that came to Jesus? We call him the rich young ruler. And he says, what, what do I have to do to find eternal life? And Jesus said, well, keep the commandments. I've done that all my life. Since I was a kid, I've kept his commandments. Jesus looked into his heart and he said, well, then go sell everything and give it to the poor. What's the first commandment? Have no other gods before me. Jesus looked into his heart and said, you broke the first commandment, buddy. Because I'm not your God. God's not your God. Money is your God. So you go sell that and give it away. Now, if he had done that, I don't even think he would have had to do it. But if he would have submitted to that, I think this guy would have been a player in the New Testament. And I think he was a player anyway. It is suspected that he is Joseph of Arimathea, the rich guy that buried Jesus' body in his tomb. I think what happened is the guy left sad, but he, but the Holy Spirit kept dealing with him about that thing because I think he wanted to do right. Sometimes we blow it at first, don't we? You ever blow it at first? Psalms 24, verse 1 through 8 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to Him. For He laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in His holy place? 
Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tells lies, they will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God their Father. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors, and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord invincible in battle. That's your God. You know, there's a, there's a, there's this thing that we got. Um, the Lord is my co-pilot. Everybody seen it? Yeah? No, He's not. He not. God didn't call you to partner with Him. Come on. I just want to identify this and let's just tear it down. God did not call you to be His partner. Because partners have a voice. They get to vote. You don't get a vote. You get to submit. God's Lord, you servant. Right? The sooner we learn that, the more successful we're going to be. Everything we have is God's. I submit it to you, Lord. Use it. God has blessed me with some remarkable things, but just remember, it's the Lord's. So a tithing is a problem with you. It's really not tithing. It's a love of money. <laughs> I got news for you. It doesn't stop with tithing. It starts with the tithe. God wants, He wants you to be a channel of His blessing. If, if you're hoarding, God will not give to you. If you're releasing, God will give you more. It's just let God just, and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to preach on money today. I really am not. I don't, I don't like to talk about money, quite honestly. So let's just enlarge this camp. I'm talking about everything. Don't hoard what God gives you. Release it and let God flow through you. So you know what you should do today if you learn something in this service? If the Lord just really reveals something by the Spirit of God, you need to find somebody to share that with. You know, the trouble with the church is we're just getting fat on the blessings of God. We're so fat we can't hardly squeeze through the door anymore. Well, give it away. Come on, let Him flow through you. When's the last time you saw somebody at Walmart look like they were having a bad day and you said, is there anything I can do for you? You remember the, 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 the guy that was begging at the temple gate? He was asking for money. You know what Paul said? I ain't got any. <laughs> I am broke as you are, dear. Peter, sorry. I'm broke as you are, but I got something maybe you don't have. Would you like a little of what I got? I'm going to tell you something. This world needs what you got. And I am not talking about money. But the church is too shy to speak up. You know, I believe that some of us think, why don't we see signs and wonders anymore? I could answer that. Because you're not stepping out, letting them, go, letting them flow. Maybe God wants to heal somebody through you. Maybe God wants to do a miracle through you. And what are you doing? You're sending them to the church. You are the church. The church is right there. The church is the called out ones. So just let the Lord speak through you. Let Him move through you. I got a feeling we could see some signs and wonders on the streets of Paris if the church would be the church. Hallelujah. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. (laughs) The next thing I want to talk to you about is stewards as the church we strive together in prayer that's what he says he said we strive together what's that mean strive together it means we're pushing right we're we're having to push against some things that's coming against us but we do it together in prayer the bible says in first timothy 2, 1, he also says that, that we'll be refreshed by the Holy Spirit. 
In First Timothy two one, he says, "Therefore I exhort you, first of all, that supplication—that's request, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks—be made for all men." John Piper said this: "Until you know that life is war, you cannot know what prayers for. Until you know that you're in a battle, you're not going to fully understand why God has taught you how to pray." If there's one thing that the church underestimates, it's prayer. Because see, if we don't feel something when we pray, we think God hadn't heard us. You know, the Bible says that prayers are stored in heaven. God's storing your prayer. Maybe it's not to be answered today, but maybe it's going to be answered in a little bit. If you just keep the faith. Let me just take you back a little bit to Mark chapter 11. Uh, Where's this verse at? Verse 22. Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, Um, He will have whatever he says. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. 2 Corinthians. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exists, exists itself, exalts itself, against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of God. Let's talk about prayer. The Greek word for prayer is proshush, up close and personal. Do you realize prayer is very intimate? It's getting very intimate with God. It's like taking His hands and holding His hands and I'm freezing now. I went from hot to cold. <laughs> I think I'm having a hot flash. So, <laughs> but it, it's getting really close to God and talking to Him in a very intimate way. Maybe leaning in and saying something. It's not about how loud you pray. It's about walking in this prayer, Christians. God has given us something so powerful to use that we are ignoring. The disciples saw the way Jesus prayed and they said, teach us to do that. What? Teach us to pray the way you pray. Right? So what do we do? We memorize the model. (laughs) Come on. That ain't what it's about. Not about memorizing that little prayer. It's about the intimacy that Jesus had with His Father. And about getting alone with God. And it's about realizing that what you're facing in life is extremely spiritual. Even though it may manifest itself as physical. Did you get that? It may manifest as physical, but really it's spiritual. So how do you fight spiritually on your knees in prayer by calling things that are not as though they are? This is so stinking important in your spiritual life. So Jesus says, have the faith of God. And then he says this, speak to that mountain. You want to look like a crazy guy? (laughs) You go out and your car won't start. I call you start car. I call you alive. You boy, everybody gonna take no ooh, weirdo, weirdo. <laughs> what if we got that what if we got that crazy with God? What if we started talking to the thing that was coming against us and speaking to it? I heard Robert Morris say yesterday, we do not have creative power in our tongue. We cannot create. But you know what? We can align ourselves with the Creator. (laughs) It's second best. You know, it's probably a good thing we can't create because every one of us would be dead if we could. Because we speak death all the time. 
but I can align myself with God so that I begin to speak the words of God and all of a sudden, my words have power then. You know what most Christians do? Oh, Satan, Satan, you're beating me up. Oh, I can't take much more. Right? Satan's after me. He's really after me. Am I lying? Mm-mm. What's the word say? Be strong in the power of his might. Right? And when you've done everything you can do, stand. Doesn't say fall down. Don't collapse. Man, when Satan's coming after you, it ought to just make you mad. I wish we'd get a little mad at Satan. I wish we'd stand up and be ready to fight. Christians will fight with each other, but we won't fight with God. What's wrong with that? I'm preaching a lot better than you're shouting. I'm going to tell you that. We will fight with everybody except the devil. Rebuke him. You don't have to take everything he's dishing out. You've got some veto power. So why not say, I don't take that, I don't receive that in Jesus. Yeah, I just read a, a testimony from a really good friend of ours. They found a cancer, I think. Yeah, but it was lymphoma. And so she was, uh, of course, the standard thing would be chemo or, or uh, x-ray, whatever that is, radiation. And she said she heard the voice of the Lord say, don't take that. Don't even accept it. What? Don't accept what the doctor says? Pastor, what you preaching? (laughs) I'm preaching the Word. You don't have to take everything that's dished out. You know what happened? God supernaturally healed her. No cancer in her body. Why? Because she heard the voice of God. Don't do that unless you heard the voice of God. You hear me? Your doctor's probably got the best wisdom on earth. So if you don't get a word from the Lord to not do that, take His advice. That's my advice. But if the Lord says, slow down, slow down. If He says, stop, stop. Speak to the mountain. We are wonderful at speaking about the mountain. Man, i got so many problems. Oh my goodness. My wife has been on my case for a week. Actually, longer than that. (laughs) We talk about our problems all the time, but we don't speak to them. See, if uh, if you're having a fight with your wife, there's a good chance it's the devil involved in that. You know, problems arise when people get together. In churches, churches are known for problems. But when people love each other and they love God, they recognize the enemy is at work. Right? And you cast it down in Jesus' name. Speak to the mountain. Be thou removed. Have the faith of God. And pray together. Man, if you don't have a prayer partner, you need to find somebody that will pray with you and literally intercede for you. Prayer needs to be a priority in our churches. In Second Corinthians, Second uh, Chronicles seven fourteen, I'm not going to quote this to you, but it says God will heal our land. Does our land need healed? Yes. What's He say? When my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face. When this world, when America's children of God humbles themselves and prays, God will move. I challenge you to do this. I challenge you to go through your word and you f- try to find one time when God moves upon the, upon the land and somebody hasn't asked Him to do it. You won't find it. <laughs> so I get this mental image in my mind like this. This is God. Hands behind His back. Why? Because people are not praying. 
I can't move until you ask me to move. I can't get involved in your family until you release me and ask me to move in your family. I can't touch that sickness until you tell me and ask me to heal your sickness. There's eight things, eight kind of attitudes, I believe, about prayer. Number one, it must be in faith. If not, you're just babbling. It must be in faith. Faith is what pleases the Lord. We must pray and not waver, not doubt. In other words, some people will pray and then they'll get up and they'll speak the exact opposite. That's, you just killed your prayer right there. So you need to watch your words. We need to pray God's will and don't assume that you know it. A lot of people telling God what to do and how to do it. I, I think we really stop that nonsense. Don't tell God how to do it, but you tell Him you got a problem and you release His hand to move in that. Right? Now, I always pray for people to be healed because of Psalms 103. He says He heals all of our iniquities, so I pray for God to heal people. Number four, we need to pray through the name that's above every name. The name of Jesus. When you pray, you make sure you pray in the name of Jesus. I bring this before you. Number five is persevere. Don't give up just because you ask one time. You keep praying, keep asking, keep seeking. Number six, and do it with thanksgiving. In every prayer, pray with thanksgiving. Make your heart thankful. Number seven, when you pray, pray in agreement with other believers. And number eight, as often as you can, pray the Word of God. The last thing I wanted to, that I saw in this is stewards ought to have an attitude of gratitude for everything God has done in their life. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and 24 says, Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, not to men, knowing that uh, from the Lord you'll receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. Whatever we do, do it with a great attitude. Chuck Swindoll said this, he said, you really only have one string to play. You know, uh, a lot of things just happen, and you really only got one string, and that's your attitude. That's the only thing that you can control, is your attitude. Anybody ever have a problem with attitude? (laughs) Yeah. I got, I I, I can get mouthy. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Check. (laughs) I, I can get a bad attitude real quick. And so, a lot of times, Treva checks my attitude. Sometimes the Holy Spirit does. More times she does. Uh, but I, I have to repent a lot for my attitude. It, you know, it's hard to be thankful when you're going through a really rough day. But if you want your rough day to change, be grateful. The Bible does not say for everything, give thanks. He says in everything, give thanks. Whatever season of life that you are in right now, let's start praising God for it. Father, give us an attitude of gratitude. We are thankful that we are your children. Aren't you thankful for that? You're not alone. You are not... Your resources is not just what you have at your disposal. You have God's resources at your disposal. If I just had my resources for my problems, I, I would be stressed out. But I don't, I'm not here alone. I've got the God of heaven on my side, right? He's backing me up. And his name is El Shaddai, right? The Almighty God. And he's Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals me. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. God revealed himself by his names in the Old Testament. That's, that's those words. And you ought to know them. You ought to learn them. Jehovah Sitkadu. The Lord is our righteousness. Right? He, I'm not righteous, but I'm righteous because He's made me righteous. Folks, we got to get back to prayer. That's not revelational to you, I know. So everyone over you are like, is this as deep as it going to get today? Yep. And it's as deep as it ever gets. See, prayer is 
essentially spiritual. A lot of people, especially you Pentecost, you think spiritual is when I feel a goosebump. When I speak in tongues or fall on the floor like a wild man. Any spiritual? A lot of times that's fleshly. You know what spiritual is? Is getting alone with the Lord and saying, Thy will be done. You know, there is a, a line in the Lord's Prayer that fascinates me. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Have you prayed that lately? Have you prayed that for your household? God, would you allow my household to be a representative of heaven? Heaven's glory. So you knock things out and allow the right things to come in. You think your life would change? Corey Tin Boone says, don't just pray when you feel like it, but make an appointment with God and keep it. Prayer is a spiritual discipline. It's something that you're going to have to, you need to be doing daily. And that, that's really not true. That's not, that's an Americanized version. You need to be doing it momently. <laughs> Pray without ceasing. I, I love the movie, I'm going to stop, I promise. I, I love the movie Fiddler on the Roof. You know why? What's that guy's name? Taviv or something like that? Tevia. Because he fusses with God all day long. What you doing, Lord? What you doing? You know? And I, I'm, I'm like that. You know, I'm like, God, what are you doing in my life today? What'd you allow this for? Talk to God all day long. Right? You know the Lord can handle that. The Lord can handle you saying, what are you doing, God? He can handle that. As long as you come with Him with the right attitude. Do you understand your God's chosen representative on this earth? God, God chose you. You get it? You did not choose Him. He chose you. Now he wants to show off in you. See what he, he the Bible says he took the foolishness of this world. I won't push that. <laughs> but he wants to take somebody. Let's take the disciples. He wants to take somebody like Peter, oh hot headed fisherman, and just turn him into a powerhouse for Jesus right he showed off in Peter's life did he blow it he blew it a lot I guess I'm gone long-winded here comes the kids <laughs> all right stand with me if you are not his child I would encourage you to remedy that today how do we do that? Ask Him to be your Lord. Submit to God. And then follow Him. Follow Jesus all the days of your life. Give Him, give him a voice to speak to you. So would you just bow your head? Close your eyes. If you're here today and you... Do not know Jesus as your Savior. I want to invite you to know Him. I want you to invite, I want to invite you to surrender your heart and give it over to Jesus. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. Come into your heart. Make you a new creature in Him. And then you tell the Lord, now you're Lord and I'm the servant. I'll listen to you and I will obey you. Is there anyone here today that says, Pastor, would you pray for me? Anyone at all? How about the um, How about the part where we're trying to handle our problems on our own? We're speaking the wrong words over our difficulties. Anybody here want to just throw your hand up and say, I, I need to just tell the Lord I'm guilty of this. And I need His power and His strength to help me to use my words wisely. I, I, 
I'm going to ask the Lord to help you, okay? If you got your hands up, just keep them up. It's all right. We're, we're all family. Jesus, you see these hands that are raised, Lord, and I would raise mine too. Father, help us to speak to the mountain, not speak about the mountain. God, help us to call on heaven's glories to help us fight our battles. Help us not to be defeated, but help us to have a strong backbone, to stand in the battle and, and, and be willing to allow the Lord to fight our battles. God, I pray, Lord, that you would teach us to use our words correctly. God, I pray, Lord, for those that are speaking really negative words over themselves and calling themselves defeated. God, I pray that that would stop today. I pray, Lord, that they would not listen to the lies of the enemy anymore and they would know that God does not invest himself in junk. God has called them and equipped them and caused them to be triumphant in Jesus. So, Lord, I pray that we would put on a good confession and say what you say over us, Lord. Change our lives, Lord, as you change our words. Father, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit in us to speak a new language in you, Father, a language that is positive and full of life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I think uh, I'm supposed to give you the service. Sherry told me I'm supposed to give it to you. So, right here. You got to turn it on. It slides over. Okay. You guys have got to stay here. I'd like for the deacons to come up and for Sherry to come up. You know, this month is Pastor Appreciation Month. And thanks to all of you all, we want to bless our pastor and his wife. If you guys could come down here. You're not going to get to preach anymore right now. We're just going to... <laughs> you can see the support they have up here. <laughs> No, all seriousness, we love these guys, and I know you all do too. And and how many of you know how blessed we are to have them as our pastor and, and, and our as both our pastors? Thank you, Lord. And we uh, would like to present them with a opportunity to go to a bed and breakfast. And uh, Sherry has planned this all out, and I'm going to let her explain that to you. But. Uh, we just think it would be good for them to get away, but we made sure it would be so they can come back on Sunday. So they'll be. <laughs> so we'd like to present this to you all. Sherry, go ahead and share. Okay. Uh, we, are, we have uh, reserved a place for them to go. It's in East Tennessee. It's right off of a, uh, a lake. It's back there. A beautiful southern mansion. Looking place, it's it's great. I've been there, and it's beautiful. You're going to enjoy it. It's called Whitestone, and it's in Kingston, so it's in East Tennessee. So it's going to be beautiful out there. And uh, it's a you're going to have uh, two nights, three days, gourmet dinners and breakfast, and we also included a picnic lunch by the lake for you. And so this is a time of refreshing. And it's been a very difficult summer, a difficult year between the building and many other things. And I, I know what it's like to put in the time that it takes a pastor's family to serve a church. I know what that's like. I know the sacrifices that they make. And it's not just what you see here at church but many, many hours of visits, hospital visits, but counseling on the phone. And that doesn't just include Pastor, but Treva. She gets many, many calls after she's already worked a full-time job every day. And I know what that's like. And so this is a time for them to just, it's not family. They're not going to visit their kids. This is a time for them to just go. It's a place where you can really relax. You will really enjoy it. And thank you so much for giving because we have a great pastor and his wife. And we just love and appreciate them. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. I'm talking.
He's talked enough. He said, it's an honor and a privilege to serve you guys. You guys are so special to us. You don't even know. Um, so you guys make it easy to love you. You're wonderful, and we appreciate and love all of you. Thank you for the gift. Amen. Raise your hand receive the Lord's blessing. May the Lord bless you, and may He keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord live His countenance upon you and give you peace. Nothing missing and nothing broken. Go in peace and serve the Lord. God bless.